With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. I'm Cody, host for today, and shortly I'm going to be joined by a very special guest to talk about all things Congaree. Congaree Golf Club is located about 30 miles north of Savannah off of I-95 in the low country of South Carolina. Congaree Golf Club is a 2017 Tom Fazio design. The property is big and robust and is the former site of a quail hunting preserve as well as the primary filming location for the movie Something to Talk About starring Julia Roberts. This week might be Congaree's first professional golf tournament that they've hosted, but it's not the first one that they've tried. In 2019, Congaree made an unsuccessful pitch at hosting the 2025 President's Cup. The other thing to note about Congaree is that it is a private club, but they have no members. Instead, they have ambassadors, whose shared goal is to raise money for the Congaree Foundation. The foundation sets out to positively impact the lives of young people, locally and around the globe, by providing educational and vocational opportunities through the game of golf. This model was put in place by the club's two founders, Dan Freakin and the late Bob McNair. The club has roughly 200 ambassadors, as well as professional ambassadors, including PGA and LPGA players, teaching professionals, and golf industry executives, providing additional support locally and nationally to the Congaree Foundation. As always, the Crash Course podcast and Crash Course video series is presented by Cooper Tires. I want to talk to you about attention to detail for a moment. What makes the dimples on a golf ball so important? What may seem insignificant, but without them, your ball wouldn't travel half as far as, or in Neil's case, attempt to go straight. Those ball manufacturers measure to make sure each one of those dimples is right to within one thousandth of an inch. That's the kind of attention to detail you'll see in Cooper, Discoverer's, and Duramax SUV tire. From severe weather traction to durable tread technology, Every last inch of the Enduramax is designed to give you the best ride possible for as long as possible. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. I'm Cody, and I'm joined today by special guest, Zach Blair. Zach, how are we doing, buddy? Doing good, man. How about you? Beautiful day over here in North Carolina. I'm sure it's the same for you in Utah. All the snow is finally gone, and you guys are about in prime golfing weather now, huh? Yeah, you know, it got pretty hot pretty quick, um, but it's it's really nice right now. You get out in the mornings and, you know, get the good weather and get home and hang out with the family. So it's pretty perfect. Have you been playing at all? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm playing about once a week right now. Um, kind of getting back into it, able to swing a little bit. It's nice to be, you know, able to kind of golf again. Um, 
still not that good right now, but um, looking forward to kind of working my way back and uh, being ready, hopefully sometime later this year. And for people who don't really know what's going on, Zach Blair, PGA Tour player, and kind of you want to describe the injury and kind of your path and what, what's been going on? Yeah, so I had a couple of tears in my right labrum and my right shoulder that I got surgery on last November. So, you know, it's about a, a seven to 12 month recovery, I guess, is kind of, you know, what they're describing it to me like. So we'll, uh, we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm right at that kind of six or seven month mark right now. And uh, just starting to be able to golf again a little. So it's, uh, it, it was kind of a, a lot of downtime for me going from playing literally every single day, you know, all I can sun up to sundown to not being able to swing for, you know, six or seven months was pretty wild, but, uh, it was a cool break. Got to, got to spend a lot of time with the family, which was fun. And yeah, looking forward to being back though. Well, I'm excited because part of that free time that you had, I know is, was spent focusing on your project that you have going on, but I want to talk about another golf course in South Carolina today that's playing host this week to a PGA tour event. That's Congaree. So what's, what's your history with Congaree, man? You know, I've uh, been fortunate enough to, to play a handful of rounds out there, kind of saw it, you know, right when it opened. Um, and, you know, lucky enough to have a couple of friends out there that I'm, I'm able to sneak out a few times a year. And it's a, it's a really cool place. And I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of see it on the full display this week. My biggest thing that from the times I've been there, it seems like, you know, amazing piece of property, completely sand based. And it's you get some crazy winds that are out there, too. But the thing that sticks out most to me is that they can stretch that thing pretty long if they wanted to. I don't know if we're going to see that this week or how the setup's going to be, but that's basically what I remember. Specifically, four jumps out just because it's it becomes a monster of a par five, and then some of the par fours that they have out there too that are well over five twenty, five thirty. Yeah, definitely. I think you know it can stretch out in that seventy-eight to seventy-nine range, seventy-nine hundred yards. Um, I highly doubt the tour is going to take it. Uh, that deep this week but uh we'll see i mean it's all going to depend on kind of the weather like you said it can get windy out there um but you know if it if it's soft and they don't get a lot of wind those guys are so good they can kind of play anywhere and shoot good scores i think that's the other thing too is that congaree and the green complexes that that they have they have champion out there which they roll amazing and they can get them super quick probably not going to happen in june though a lot of, lot of growing going on right now. You know, it's prime growing season out there. So, uh, again, you know, the tour is, is kind of the people that are in charge of the setup. And, you know, they're not out there trying to get them rolling 13 and, you know, have a little bit of wind and having rounds take five, six hours. So um, I, I think you'll see a just a, you know, very tour setup. You know, you'll probably get it in that. 72 to 7400 yard range and they'll get the greens rolling right where they want them in that 10 to 12 foot range and uh it's not a ton of rough or anything out there and i highly doubt you'll get them that firm just based on the time of year again it's it's you know it's prime kind of growing season out there they're probably having to put some water down to keep it keep it how they want i'm sure they want it nice and green but uh 
it'll be fun to watch. I'm, I'm hoping they get some good weather, you know, a little bit of wind and dry would be, would be fun to kind of see what happens. When something like this comes up on the schedule and obviously everybody's heartbroken because I think the Canadian open is a staple, at least on the PGA tour calendar, but able to fill it with an event this year down there. And it's on a course that people are not familiar with. So to guys like yourself who are out there and are, are finding different courses everywhere you go. And you talked about the amount of travel that you have, but you're not the average guy who's playing on the PGA tour. So unless you're from that area, I mean, is this kind of a, Hey, I'm just going to show up and, and see how it goes, play my, my practice round in the pro-am and let it rip. Or, you know, you think they put any thought into it? Yeah, you know, these guys, again, it's kind of what they do week in and week out. And it, typically, you know, a seasoned guy is going to see a golf course every year, basically, unless the course is kind of going to a, a new venue, which happens every year, you know, with one or two events. So it's nothing too crazy, you know, for a lot of these guys to be showing up and seeing this place for the first time. You know, there's probably a handful of guys from, you know, around there that have snuck out and played the place before. And, but I don't think it's going to be too wildly different from every week for, for these guys. We'll dive in and start talking about the course. So, I mean, a pretty relatively benign opening hole, dogleg left par four that you don't really get in a ton of trouble. Fairway's pretty wide and not that long, but again, you get up to a, a pretty impressive green complex with a deep right bunker guarding it. Yeah, they'll definitely kind of have to jump at that start, kind of one through four is where I see kind of a bunch of the scoring happening, especially on the front nine. And uh, again, if it gets firm, you know, guys will be able to hit, you know, long irons and three woods off of number one and have a, a relatively short shot coming in. So anything kind of on the left side of that green, I think they'll be able to make some birdies depending how firm the greens are, if it gets kind of sneaks up over and behind that front right bunker, you know, it definitely is a, a little bit of a different hole and more challenging for sure. Yeah. So one very benign two, you know, a relatively basic par five. I think you have the one tree up there on the left. That's not really even in play on your second shot, but that's the only thing that really protects that hole. And then get going to three, which is usually a, you know, it's drivable par four. It'll be interesting to see where they put the boxes at. Yeah, I think I had kind of, I'd talked to DC a little bit and he had heard that they uh, are kind of stretching that hole, you know, as far back as it goes to kind of keep it in that 360 to 380 range, which, you know, obviously makes it not, not a drivable hole, uh, which kind of stinks because I think it's a cool, it's a cool one to see guys, you know, try and knock it on that green and kind of get stuck in that right bunker. And then it's a tricky, tricky bunker shot running away from you. But uh, yeah, like I said, that, that that's going to be a stretch that people are going to have to kind of take advantage of. You get four birdie holes kind of right out of the gates. And what about four? On the card it says four or 647. Probably not going to play that long. That'll be an interesting one because that 647 is pretty long and it's kind of a, you know, sneaky layup, you know, you got to be careful of the water on the right. And again, 
you know, if you hit a good drive, pretty wide fairway, you can lay up even at 647 and get, you know, a, a short iron or a wedge in. So, I mean, these guys are pretty good with those clubs. So I, I see that being a birdie hole for sure. But it's one that you can, you know, if you hit a, a loose shot or two, you can turn that into a bogey hole pretty quickly. But you'll see, you'll see a lot of good scores on that hole. I think that's the only hole too that I can remember that like water is actually in play you fan a little bit out there trying to go at it or even if you you're laying up on your third shot just because that green complex does kind of severely slope from left to right back towards the water get loose on that approach it can kind of take a take a turn for the worst and kind of roll down into that water i think that hole in nine our uh nine yep. screen kind of sits right out on the water as well and you can you could hit one you know, in the drink on that hole. A couple of the par threes, if they get a front pin on five and seven, you know, you could potentially see some balls in the water too. But yeah, four is definitely a possibility to sneak one in the drink. I think on seven. So you've been out there a lot more than I have, but there's been some softening to the course over time as well. I mean, it's only what built and opened in 2017, but I think they've went back and done work already. The green complexes. Cause I remember the stories of seven green <laughs> just being out. Yeah. Of control. Yeah. You, uh, you could definitely, uh, you used to be able to like put it in the water on that hole to some of those front pins. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those holes that if you get the wrong wind and it's, you know, carrying the ball and you go over that green, you know, it, was, it kind of runs down into a collection area and is a tough chip. But I haven't been back since they've softened that green. Um, but I, I don't think it's a crazy change, just made it so it wasn't so diabolical. But um, it'll be interesting to see kind of, you know, where they where they put the pins on that hole. Probably just, you know, you'll see it kind of all over the green. Um, and it's a short, it's a short ish part three. So again, you know, these guys are really good with kind of those scoring clubs. So you'll, you'll see some birdies on, on that hole as well. Eight's a, a good par five, relatively sure. You get a pretty big kicker once you get it over the bunker on that kind of protects the right hand side to a, you know, second shot up to an elevated green. So eight's a four for the tournament, I believe. So it used to, it was originally, it opened as a four. And then they changed it to a five um, on the card, but I believe they're playing it as a four this week, which um, that's a, you know, that's a big hole. Six, eight, nine are going to be tough. They're going to play long. You're going to see long irons being hit into those holes if they, if they play, which I would assume they're, they have to play somewhat back on, on some of those holes. So those are holes that if you make a four, you, you know, you're going to be totally fine with that, uh, you know, move on. Really good info. See, that's why we have you on here. The experts. <laughs> that, was, that was a, that was a little, little nugget from DC giving me all the inside <laughs> Intel. So at nine, the second hole that we really talked about that water is somewhat in play and that's up by the green complex. Yeah. Nine, you know, you're going to have to hit a good tee shot and then you're going to have anything from, I mean, it could be anything. You could have short irons and long irons into that hole, kind of depending on how it's playing in the wind. And if, if you're hitting long irons into that hole, it's really, really hard. That green kind of sits just just left of the pond. And water's definitely in play on that second shot if, if you get a little loose with it. So that's a hard hole. 
probably the hardest on the front nine, I would say. So uh, that one, that would be kind of where I would post up to watch, watch some approach shots uh, coming into that green. So front nine, if they're, if they're moving that hole from a par five to a par four, it's going to be a par 36. Is that where you're making up? I mean, are those the gettable side compared to the back or you say that uh, vice versa? I think the back's probably a bit more gettable. There's not, besides, um, you know, 17's a tough hole. And what is it? Is 13 or 14 the super long par four or super long par three? Those are kind of the two holes that, you know, are going to bite you on the back nine. But the back nine's got you know, some, some definite scorable opportunities with that, even that dog leg, right. I think it's 11, 11, 12. If you hit a good drive on 13, 15 is drivable, 16 short and 18 is very short. So, you know, you're going to have a lot of birdie opportunities on the back nine. So I would say the back nine is probably easier than the front, but a, a lot of it kind of depends on whole locations and, you know, uh, conditions. You know, 11, very benign dogleg right. They're going to throw it up there a mile as it is. And there's you know, exactly as much as you want to cut off of that as you as you want. Kind of the same thing with 12. The only thing that I'm really thinking is that they have absolutely no issues controlling their balls off the tee. I think it's all about where they want to place them because fairways run off into that waste areas pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. 11 a hole that, you know, for a, you know, normal golfer or an amateur, that's a hard hole because they probably can't carry it far enough to kind of bite off anything on the right. But, you know, a lot of these guys will be just sending it over the tree and having a flip wedge in, um, 12, like you said, it's kind of this double dog leg par five kind of bends to the left and then comes back to the right. So you do have to hit a good tee shot there, but plenty of these guys drivers kind of the best club in their bag so i'm not uh, you know i don't think they'll have too many issues with that one you know and if they hit a good drive it's probably just a long iron in 13 can sneak up on you and bite you if you pull one it's kind of a you know kind of a deceiving and tricky tee shot that you just got to keep it out of that water i had heard kind of i don't know if they're going to take and make 16 kind of like in course out of bounds because I've, I've heard of guys kind of sending it down 16 and kind of flipping it over the trees. And then it's, you know, then it's a really easy hole if you, you know, do it that way. But that, that, that hole, I, I could see some, you know, issues on for sure. If, if they do make that in course out of bounds to the right, but I, I'm not entirely sure what the deal with that is. 13 is another one where, thinking of like pinnable locations going to be interesting too. Cause there is some yeah. pretty severe slope to that. Definitely the front and, middle of that green. And I don't know if that, I don't know if that's another green that they've tweaked a little bit and softened, but last time I played it, it would definitely like have like a 12 footer for birdie and have like a 12 footer for par. If you miss, <laughs> um, if you get in the wrong spot. So, you know, the tour is in charge of all the whole locations and, you know, they, they typically don't do anything too crazy or too silly, especially for kind of a, a one-time boutique event, you know, they're going to be relatively careful on, on where they put the pins. Um, so I don't see anything too crazy happening on that green, but it, you know, it definitely could be 
um, tricky if they if they get silly with some of the pins. Fourteen, longest par three you got on the card. It'll be interesting. I doubt they'll use the back box, which I don't know if it's like two seventy or yep. two sixty or what it is. I highly doubt they'll use that one. Um, it it kind of sneaks, you know, maybe a little too close for in a tournament to the previous kind of hole and the lines and everything like that. So I, I bet they scoot that one up in that two thirty range, maybe two forty. And yeah, it, it, even at that, I think it'll still definitely be the the longest par three, and it's the hardest one I would say uh, to make a birdie on, um, or maybe even a par. It's a you know, it's it's just a long hole, cool green. It's a really cool stretch right there when you play that hole and the next hole being a drivable four. But again, I don't know where they're going to put that tee box on the next hole. I sure hope that they they move it up a bit and make it, you know, in that 320, 330 range where guys can take it over that left bunker because it is a really bizarre hole if you're having to like lay up with a you know, seven iron off the tee. It's kind of kind of goofy if you get that tee box too far back. It is interesting. The point that you brought up is that best thing about going out and playing Congaree and walking it is that the transitions from from green to D T are super minimal. And normally, I mean, there's not even any a course that doesn't have any T markers out there. You can kind of peg it wherever you want to go. So it'll be interesting how they they are moving people around because some of the T locations are definitely right next to green complexes. Yeah, this this seems like it would have been a perfect event um, like last year when there were no fans and right. you could kind of sneak some of those things a little closer because you're not worried about, you know, just circulation of, you know, gallery walking and, you know, holes that are close to other holes, everything like that. But it'll uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see some of the yeah, you know, some of the choices they make with the T locations. But again, I, I definitely know they're not stretching the thing out to like 7,800, but, uh, it, it, you know, some of the holes will be, be interesting. And then a pretty benign finish coming in 16, probably the straightest hole that's on the golf course, 430 on the card, 17's a pretty beefy dogleg, right? 540 if they wanted to stretch it out that far and then 18 is just a cool little less than whatever off the tee box and a flip wedge up across that little pond 16 you'll see a lot of birdies you know pretty straightforward kind of deep green but nothing you know nothing these guys aren't you know used to seeing or able to handle 17 is another one kind of similar to 11 that for an average golfer even you know even a good player it's a really, really hard hole because you can't, you know, you have to, you're forced to go way left because you can't make this 300 yard carry, but 70% of those guys that are playing this week are going to be able to just launch it as far right as they want and have, you know, a short iron in. And that's the crazy thing about that hole. You know, I've played it with people that can make that carry and you know, I can't make that carry and I'm hitting three wood in from way left and some guys, you know, hitting a nine iron in. So again, depending on the tee box on that hole, doubt they're going to put it all the way back. And depending on the wind, I don't see that being like a difficult, you know, that difficult of a hole, like crazy difficult. It'll still be one of the more difficult holes on the back nine, but it's not going to be anything crazy. Like, you know, what a lot of people that have played that course see that hole as, and then, like you said, 18, 
I don't know if there's a tee box that I never play, but I mean, usually guys, yeah, usually you're just hitting kind of like a two iron and then hitting like a sand wedge kind of across the, across the pond or whatever, but it's a cool, it's a cool finish kind of right back into the clubhouse. Um, you know, will be a, a nice place for kind of some people to watch some shots coming in. And it's definitely a hole that if you need a birdie, you know, to, to win or tie or something that it's out there. Do you think this course sets up favors any particular game? People that hit it far, you know, <laughs> you know, usually do pretty good week in and week out when they're playing good. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard to say because it, it, you know, you historically there hasn't been an event here and you, you know, you don't really have that much uh, insight into it, but I've always kind of thought of golf. Like if you're playing good that week, you can play good anywhere. So, you know, anybody that pegs it this week, realistically that plays good, will have a chance to win. You'll see some bombers, I think play, play good out there too, though. So expect like DJ to play nice and, um, you know, some of the other big hitters. How many times we're going to get us oh, practically a home game for him this week, even though who knows, <laughs> who knows how many times he's actually been out there. I'm sure, I'm sure he's played it, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Every time. So it's, it's already either DJ, which it, then you're going to go like, oh yes, the other favorite is like the complete other end of the spectrum. And all of a sudden we got one of the Aiken boys in there. I know that uh, like JT Poston is like one of the club ambassadors. I know there there's a handful of guys on the web that I know play a little out there. Out there, maybe Scott Stallings might be yep. another one of the guys that is is one of the ambassadors. I'm trying to think who else, but I know JT. You know, I've talked to him about the course a bit, and uh, so he's probably pretty familiar with it, which I you know does have its advantages you know, cause you kind of know where you can miss on certain holes. And that, that's some, you know, some stuff that you just, you don't learn after two or three days of practice. It's just kind of, you know, takes, takes time. So he, he should have a bit of an advantage out there um, in terms of kind of course knowledge. But again, the co- course knowledge only takes you so far. You still have to execute and play good. So um, you could see him playing well i know he just you know coming off a little bit of a high qualifying for the u.s open and everything like that so he's obviously playing well is this i i I know you're bummed and you want to get back out there and play but is this something that you wish i wish i was there playing in this one because you're familiar with the course yeah definitely i i know that right when i i had heard kind of the you know the rumors about something being being there this year and, you know, I was just like, man, that sucks. I wish it was in the fall to where, you know, maybe I could have teed it up. But, uh, you know, they'll, if it goes good, it, it might be something where they get, you know, you know, an event every handful of years out there. It's a cool spot. You know, like you said, I am familiar with it. Not, not like crazy familiar. You know, I've only played it a handful of times, which is probably more than, you know, a lot of people that are playing it this week. But, uh you know, it is what it is. I'll, I'll be excited to to watch a few of the rounds on TV. And like I said, hopefully they get some good weather and, you know, it's an exciting event. I think it's great for the club. And I think that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing about Congaree is that everything that, that the club actually does and what the foundation and the ambassador program, uh, it's a ton of giving back, not just to the local community there, but 
also a real, you know, to the game and golf in, in general. Yeah. It's always nice when you, uh, you know, get people that give back. So, um, I think they do a good job with, with a lot of that stuff. And, uh, I'm sure you'll hear about it on TV this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, buddy. What else you got? You want to give, uh, the people any updates? What's, what's new in the world? Nothing much, just hanging out, you know, closed, uh, closed our first round of about 40 founders, you know, raised a good chunk of money to, uh, go get this project started down in South Carolina. So that'll be fun. Give me something to do for the next handful of months. And, uh, just looking forward to that whole thing and, you know, spending time with the family and then getting back out, you know, on tour, be a, be a busy next, next little while, but I'm looking forward to it. I love it, man. I don't know what else is left to say about Congaree. I guess we can throw, I don't know if this is going to be the highlight. Everybody who's gone to Congaree knows about meat pies. I doubt they're going to make the oh, podcast yeah. because everybody, <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing about burger dogs last week. If anybody, yeah, the meat pies are very strong. Oh yeah. Really good. Anybody ever gets the opportunity to go out there or people that have definitely meat pie. And I'll go with uh, DC's recommendation of the mustard on them every single time. Cause that's what makes it. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. Love that. Also, I know, uh, I'm sure we'll see a, a bit of it, but I know Tyson lamb made a pretty sweet trophy of the schoolhouse for the event this week. Um, see you rocking the lamb shirt. So, uh, yeah, that ho- hopefully that'll make the broadcast and people will be able to see that. Cause I've seen a few sneak peeks of it and it's pretty sweet. He's been uh, very hush-hush. I saw what he said <laughs> over already. I was like, man, this is so cool. But good for him. Yeah, so he, yeah, he makes some cool trophies, obviously. So we'll awesome. be, be excited to see that one. Well, Zach, I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, of course. 